Welcome to another episode of the Not an MSP Show. I'm checking LinkedIn comments, so LinkedIn is broken again today. So LinkedIn's been really pissing me off lately with comments. It's either hit or miss. So, but yes, we have Mark Barton over on LinkedIn, Clinton Cast Castellar over on LinkedIn. So, I wanted to say hi and let you guys know we we know you're here. I just can't put their comments up on the screen because of of the LinkedIn. The LinkedIn gods don't like us lately. <laughs> they got to get their stuff together, man. They 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 spend December screwing around with everything because people are offline, and then we f we spend January trying to fix everything. So that's typical with LinkedIn. So it's because it's Microsoft. I blame it's because it's Microsoft. So. <laughs> oh, it anyway. is now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So how are you guys doing today? Uh, we got or Sam's Richard. Uh, he's dealing with the electrician, so his internet gods are not working for him either. So, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. Yeah, having having the existential crisis, which I mentioned before the call. But uh, other than that, fantastic. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Scott, how's your day? How's your week going so far? Oh, so good. It's um, it's really cold here in the UK, but it's blue and sunny skies. And so for my self-installed solar panels and inverters and batteries and everything I just finished in December, oh, I'm having a great week. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It just, it's one of those nerd things where I constantly keep looking at the stats and how many kilowatts am I generating? Oh, it's exciting. Nice. Oh, yeah, you got some um, home assistant yet, Scott? No, that's that's my next little project. I've got a little Raspberry Pi set to one side. That that'll be the next one. Nice. Oh, if um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna abuse this opportunity. Anyone watching this, if you can get hold of a Raspberry Pi for um com compute module, please let me know because they're impossible to get hold of right now. And um, yeah, I'm trying to move my home home um home assistant install to a, a Pi. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Nice. I'll yeah, have to once dig, you get home around. assistant, you can um, if you can see much that, but you can literally like hook it up into Home Assistant and get all your solar stats, all the, the devices that cost you money, oh, yeah. the gas usage, the expense, like, hey, it's so cool. It's so much fun. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. Anyway, always fun. It wouldn't work too well here in Ohio, at least this winter. It's like yesterday with sunshine, and then we'll go like 10 days with no sun. It's just, oh. it's been one of those winters. So it's very depressing. Very depressing. Yeah. So. That's like the UK. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's like sun comes out. It's it, I'm like, what is that? You know, orange orb in the sky. That so. Anyway, it's been fun stuff uh, in the MSP world uh, the last couple of weeks. So that's what, kind of what we're going to talk about today is uh, having difficult conversations with our clients. I know we got started a little bit late, so this will be an abbreviated version of this. Uh, but I, th I think we can do it. I think we can do it. So I, I kind of want to talk about a couple things that if I'm an MSP the last couple weeks, um, Scott, you, 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 Pete and I were talking before you jumped on the call about the last pass breach. And mm. then the other, the, <clears throat> the other one I didn't cover, Pete, was kind of what came across Friday that I saw lighting up forums about Windows Defender and Microsoft oh, yes. pushed out an update. And so... Anyway, I I think we'll we'll I think it's a good point to start there if I'm an MSP because I think those are difficult conversations to have with our clients when stuff like that happens. Um, 
So I think, Scott, did you run into any of that being still in the MSP game? Did you see any anomalies yeah. on yeah, I think it was absolutely. Friday here in the States anyway. So, Yeah, it feels like Friday uh, for us as well. I know um, there were some patches pushed out really quickly by Microsoft, which is the one nice thing uh, about this. Um, but no, you know, we, we had, I mean, it happened to us. You know, we run Defender for Endpoint. We drink our own champagne, eat our own dog food, choose your, choose your, uh... <laughs> um, but no, it, it happened to us. Uh, it, it actually happened to me on Thursday. I noticed it was happening. I, and I thought it was just me. I thought it was my machine. And then, as you know, Friday, it explodes and it hits everybody. Um, and yeah, some some awkward conversations, you know, where we've we've gone and told these clients, hey, you know, we're putting this tooling in place because it's it's the best there is and it's fantastic for you. Um, and it's, it's going to make sure that you have less disruption and less downtime and it's going to keep you safe and everyone's going to be working, produ- you know, productively. And, and then Friday comes and like, oh, my outlook doesn't work and I can't find teams. It's all be- the, 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 the tickets are hilarious. Like someone's deleted everything off my computer. All my work's gone. Yeah, you know, I know, and I'm not trying to make light of the users, but you know, the kind of tickets that we were getting through. It's just yeah. like the world's ended. Um, and so it, you know, it was really important to kind of get in front of that, um, and just try and get to explain to people, okay, this is what's happening. It's, it's, it's not all gone. Your work's all safe. Everything's good. Um, yes, it's, a, it's a bug essentially. Um, and it's going to get fixed and then this is how it's going to get fixed. But I, I, well, to be fair at the time, we didn't know how it was going to get fixed because we just had to get on the front foot and have the conversations and try to stop the bombardment of tickets coming in. Um, to get notifications out to people say, hey, we know, okay, what, what, what you're about to tell us, we know. Um, I suspect some of the larger MSPs might have even set up their um, auto response. <laughs> Press one for tech support. If you're calling because your links have all disappeared, your work is all gone, or your computer has lost everything, um, just know it's a bug. Um, but yeah, so it's but it's, it's, it's happened to us too, so we can't do anything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, just know you're not alone, um, and that should make you feel better. So no, it's it's been an awkward week. Not too bad. I think these are the situations where we can we we can go look. This you know, it's 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 very out of the ordinary. It absolutely shouldn't happen. It's clearly a bug. It's not you know intended behavior. No one's made a deliberate mistake. Well, so far as we know, um, <laughs> but you know, not no one from our MSP team has done anything you know, erroneous or whatever here that's causing you a problem. This is an issue that's affecting hundreds of thousands of users, you know, in the country, if not millions around the world. Um, We're here to help. And and this is, you know, what we're going to do to fix it. And I think those situations are quite nice where you can clearly say, yes, there's a problem that's affecting many, many, many people, but we've got some solutions for you. And you can kind of get ahead of it that way. and not just sitting back and waiting for all the calls to come in and go, oh, yeah, it's more calls about that stupid Microsoft issue. Getting ahead of it's been really important. Awesome. And I think we're mostly I, through it now, although I, I still type Outlook on my computer and nothing happens. It takes me to security settings. <laughs> so so I, I think like those moments. Go ahead. Sorry, Andrew. I was going to say, I, I think those moments are like, that's the chance where like MSPs have got a chance to show what they're made of and like show how good they are. <laughs> Because yeah, you're quite right saying like rather than being the the type that does sit back and wait for the phone to ring and 
ask another one, let's explain to them, like getting on the front foot and proactively going out to all your clients, even the ones you haven't heard from, you know, sending mail shots out to explain what's happening, explain that it's a third party issue, explain where you are in terms of the process, just basically giving them a, a rundown of what you know and sharing it with them so that they're not kind of in the morning going, oh, it's all gone. Let's pick up the phone and be the caller number 50 or something. So yeah, I think it really, really does show the, um, you know, the actual kind of proactive response for an MFP to go in and, um, yeah, just have, what, I guess having a good CRM system. So you just go and do that mail shot out to all your clients straight away, even not just your clients, but prospects as well. Cause again, that's a really good opportunity to be like, oh, Hey, let's email our prospects and tell them what's going on. Cause chances yeah, are yeah, your yeah. message, their IT company. Oh, Hey, this, this company's like sent me a message before my own IT company. That's the kind of stuff where you really get a chance to, to shine. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, Sam made the same thing. Is if you send out an email and they can't get to Outlook, it kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of those worst case phone. scenarios, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Now, is there any? I, I'm curious. You know, like I said, I've been out of the the tool space of the MSP space. Is there a tool out there that allow you to like mass broadcast like a text message to clients? I'm just curious more than anything. I mean, yeah, they, they can with, with CRMs, you can get some text message integrations onto many of the CRM systems. There are also standalone text message systems where you can just load up uh, like emergency contacts for each client to just do a mail shot, you know, a, a text shot. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. A broadcast. So yeah, nothing... we, we used to have it in our larger MSP. We would have it for sort of network incidents or outages or things like that. We had, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of leased lines and things. And, and there was always something happening or some kind of, you know, platform issue because um, it wasn't a very good service anyway. Um, but, you know, there was there was a way to let people know about plan maintenance and emergency issues and incidents um, through the text message system. Okay, oh, so we, there we is... We actually have a LinkedIn message. That, that did work, but you didn't get a name. Exactly. Yeah, Let me go are... see who that is. Uh, yeah. So finally, LinkedIn decided to start working, you know, 20 minutes into the broadcast. So, uh, oh, I know. It's it's not on my account. It must be coming from... It's probably coming from Richards because I think he tied his, his uh, LinkedIn. Okay. That's probably why I can't see it. But it's weird that yeah, his yeah. LinkedIn is working. If you're on LinkedIn, Clinton or Mark, send me a text message or send a message through. I'm going to see if the LinkedIn messages are working. So I'm not sure who this user is, but uh, it, the RMM has text messages. And yeah. LinkedIn user, if you could let us know which one that is. I'm Like I said, I'm just curious more than anything. Just, you know, just again, putting those protocols in place when stuff like this ha does happen so that you know what to do. Like, you know, if you get hit by a bus, does your staff know what to do? Uh, but yeah, if it's baked into uh, the RMM, that's good. Uh, Sam says CX platforms can do a pop-up on machines like a toast notification. So, okay. I would say, and also when you're sending the communication out, have a um, very clear path for what the customer should do as well. Um, so, and, and you know, do both in one. So send them out to your existing clients and say, hey, as an existing client or as an MSP client or, you know, monthly managed services, whatever kind of you're calling it, then this will happen. Don't worry, we're taking care of it. We're pushing out policy updates or, you know, whatever it is. Gotcha. If you're not a contracted client, then this will happen. You, know, you need to phone us if you want us to do it or we'll be in contact or, you know, you need to authorize the, the approve the charges, whatever it's going to be. Just give them the clear um, instructions or what they need to do or not need to do because you're taking care of it. Perfect. Yeah. Our LinkedIn user says that Synchro MSP uh, has the ability uh, to send out RMM or uh, send out text messages via RMM. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of what I would do back in the day. Is I would have to do it individually because there weren't many like mass texting tools and CRMs really didn't have it. Again, this is ten years ago, uh, but that's what I would do. Like all of the heavy hitters at all my accounts, I would send them all a personal text message and just say, "Hey, we're we've got this covered. We're working on it." Um, if you could just you know, let that trickle down to staff and let them know we're working on it. Obviously that slows down phone calls, tickets, all that kind of stuff. So, but that's great that you were able to kind of make those personal phone calls to Scott to, you know, again, you know, make contact with your clients. And that's, I totally agree with you, Pete, that is a chance for us to shine as MSPs. Um, you know, cause it's not going to be perfect show what we what we do you know and, and yeah. how we actually help because i think sometimes we we fall into that trap of everything's working and everything's great and there's no issues <laughs> so yeah. maybe just trying to find a silver lining to the cloud <laughs> well and it's you know again it's a perfect time to debrief and i think you know while you're in the heat of battle it's one thing but i think it's another chance for after everything gets fixed for you to have a conversation with clients you know whether that be on a live stream or a webinar and just say hey this is what we learned from that process when something breaks from one of our vendors. Um, because I think that's kind of what we're seeing more and more uh, is, you know, on, on the vendor yeah. side, which we yeah. can't really do anything as an MSP. We just sit and wait. Um, but yeah, I think, again, that's a chance to have business communication and reinforce the fact this is what you're paying us for. These worst case scenarios are what you're paying us for. Uh, and yeah, just reassure them it could have been much worse if we weren't mm -hmm. in the picture. <laughs> so I think it's, it's a good learning exercise as well, because, um, it'll help inform you in the sales process, I think, because a lot of the times, you know, when I think about having awkward conversations with clients, it's because of the expectations that were set previously. And so if you've set some, some real expectations that you can't meet or you've you've set some expectations around this you know antivirus software it's bulletproof it's absolutely the best thing we use it all the time we've never had any issues blah -de blah -de blah we use this rmm tool we know it's secure this is how we do it you know we've managed thousands of endpoints and then it, it has a breach okay and you've you've set this expectation that things like this could never happen this couldn't happen they have you know thousands and thousands of people looking after this stuff and you know they invest so much in security and it couldn't ever happen <laughs> and then you're sat there in the meetings because it will be meetings with each of your clients saying yeah that thing i said wouldn't happen happened um <laughs> yeah and so i think it, it just helps you like inform your your next set of conversations because you're going to be more cautious now that you've seen these things or you should be um, because setting high expectations is where you then end up getting pulled up by the MD of the business going, you told us this could never happen. Yeah. You sat here and you told us it could never happen. And now you're having a real awkward conversation. Yeah. So you've set the table quite well for another issue the MSPs have had to deal with is LastPass. Uh, mm. Pete, Pete's got some some experience with, you know, well-oiled well machine on the, password managers um talk to us a little bit about kind of you know how you see i think you did a video i missed it i didn't get to watch it you talked about the last pass breach you um but just any of the msps who may have missed it what would your advice and guidance be in that scenario uh pete yeah so i guess um i mean most people are probably aware of what's happened but just to catch us up to speed so last pass had their um backup databases breached 
I think it's September last year. And it only really came out in December last year, literally just before, or maybe just after Christmas. So they've basically yeah. taken a copy of all the, the backup vaults and they have, um, they have obviously the account information in terms of like the main username to get into the accounts because that's the kind of unencrypted data that was taken. They don't have any of the, of course, the secret keys to get in. But um, some of us have uh, recently discovered that actually LastPass wasn't really encrypting as much as they said they were. So some of the additional fields in LastPass weren't actually encrypted. Uh, one of them, the key ones being the URL field. So you, even if you sit there and argue, well, hey, they haven't got my master password. It was a secure master password, so we're okay. Well, they know your email address from your account. They now know all the websites that you did store passwords for. So now things like phishing uh, attacks can be much more targeted as well as obviously increasing in, in, in numbers as well. So um, that's one of them. And then also there's a few other things that came up, but basically uh, quite a few years ago, I think it's like five or seven years ago or so, they increased the, um, the key iterations in terms of like the encryption that was being used behind the scenes. And it went without getting technical from like 5,000 through to like 100,000. And some people have found that their account was still set to 5,000 and wasn't updated. So um, that becomes obviously less secure and easier to, to get into. So essentially that happens, hackers have got the data and assuming if you A, had a poor password, then you're gonna be uh, uh, very risk because you're gonna have all your stuff stolen and credit card information um, taken from there, everything that you had in there. Um, and even if you did have a good secure password, my opinion is uh, you know technology improves, the phishing attempts is, is a risk as well. I would just be going out there and basically changing all of your passwords that were stored within LastPass as a precaution. Um, it's always that as a as a precaution that everyone uses, but fundamentally, I just wouldn't personally ever use or recommend LastPass. Um, I said this in my video before, but they've, they've had a history of, well, they had a history of breaches for a start, and they've had a history of uh, rug pulling, I guess is the best term for it. So they had a free feature, you know, a free version of LastPass. This is more the consumer side of things. They had a free version. They spent a ton of money with not with me, with other YouTubers to promote their product and their free product and obviously increase all the signups. And then they basically went, oh, hey, that free product, we're going to really restrict that so you can only use it from like one device unless you now pay us and become a paid for client. So they pulled the rug on all the free users, forced everyone to either either, um, sorry, um, forced everyone to either upgrade or go find another password manager. And of course, the easiest solution, pay the money and just get, become a you know paid for client. So just things like that don't sit nicely with me. Um, and they've done a few other things over the years where they kind of brought features in, removed them again, and things like custom fills and, and those kind of things. So I just personally don't like LastPass. I've never recommended LastPass. They also are one of the only password um, manufacturers I found that have marketing trackers embedded in their Android apps, oh, man. which I just feel has no place in any password manager to embed marketing trackers in your apps. Um, there are a few other kind of password managers that have trackers built within them. But those are more for crash analysis and those kind of things. Um, One Password and Keeper, I think, are the only ones that have nothing in terms of trackers on their Android app side of things. So yeah, general advice is um, change all your passwords and go find a different password manager. Um, to be honest, you can't really go wrong with most of the the well known and named password managers out there, apart from LastPass. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's a pain. It's something that again. I, I see it in the comments because I make videos every year and I'm just actually today, maybe it might even be out by now, I'm not sure. I'm posting my like best password manager of the year um, review and comparison. And I see in the comments all the time of like, oh, it's better to not use a password manager because what if it get hacked, gets hacked and they steal everything? It's like, 
yeah, it would never happen. And then LastPass made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's two approaches. I think, you know, Pocket Video School says he was a LastPass customer for 10 years till they pulled out the rug. So he jumped to Bitwarden. Um, so I think there's two approaches here. If I'm an MSP that has been running LastPass for my customers, and then you find that out, what what do you guys recommend for a basis of conversation for an MSP if they're sitting in those shoes right now? So, I mean, I think for me that... Oh, guys, oh, you go. Oh, he's got a drink now. He's no. got... No. <laughs> he's um, got the beer going, man. Yeah. So I think like for me, I think in the same way we spoke earlier about, you know, obviously this is a vendor issue. It's not something that you as an MSP have done, but your, your customer is going to want to feel confident that you, you understand the severity of the problem. You can tell them whether they are impacted and, and what they need to do, but also you need to be able to tell them what you're going to do next. And I would suggest if it was me, obviously you are going to be looking for a new password management tool, but if you've already made that decision, like between December and, and the 18th of January, maybe that's a good call. Maybe it's not a good call. I think your client would understand if you say to them, Hey, we we've taken this all in last pass. As far as we understood, we're a good, credible vendor of password management tools. You have to say that because otherwise, why on earth did you recommend it to them in the first place? I know we've just said, hey, they've, they've been crap for 10 years. But if you've already sold it to them, you have to be saying, hey, you know, we, we genuinely believed this was the right product for you. What we're not going to do, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client, is jump to another product really quickly without making sure that it absolutely is one that's well regarded and is going to look after your data safely. And I think that's a fair conversation to have, but you still need to give them an idea of a time frame, or you're going to commit to giving them regular updates. And then you can follow up, hey, you know, after our meeting that we had last week, I'm pleased to let you know that there's actually been some progress. This is where we are now in discussion with, you know, this particular vendor or whatever it is. Um, and, and then you can keep them informed of that process. And then when you come up to the time where it's about to cut them over, they're well informed. They understand the change. They know there's going to be disruption in their business as everyone gets these new password tools rolled up. But hey, it's all for their benefit because you don't want to have a repeat of what happened in December. Ideally, you want to get that done in first quarter. But, you know, some MSPs are going to have thousands and thousands of endpoints to go through. And that, again, that's a fair thing to have that conversation with your client. They will want to feel like they're the most important client, of course but they will understand that you're a business and that you have a number of clients to tend to, and you're going to make the best decision for everybody as well as something that you can manage in the long term. So it's going to be awkward. Um, it's not your fault, obviously, but as long as you have a clear plan, you're not sounding too reactive. Cause I think if, if you were to come into my business and say, Hey, this happened, but don't worry, we've picked something else and we're moving everyone over. I'd be like, dude, how much, how much thinking time did you do? Because I just feel like we're just, it's its either all going to go wrong in the cutover. We're not going to get a great cut. It's going to feel rushed. You might miss something in the export or you might end up with a big load of plain text. How are you going to get us from A to B safely? And is that product any better than this product? Like, how do we know? That's the ultimate answer that you need to have for them. But it's not an answer I think you need to have today. you its It's fine to be saying we're doing that discovery now and we're taking it very seriously. I, like I think the main thing fundamentally to focus on with the client discussions is to secure the client because that's basically what you're there yeah. to do is secure the client. So whatever advice, yeah. recommendations in terms of 
yeah, getting helping them or ensuring they know they need to reset their passwords. If they're still a LastPass customer, then um, obviously change it as much as you can. Make sure they've got two FA set up on their accounts, like all those kind of things. Just whatever you can. Again, secure the client. That's your priority as their MSP. Um, and then, yeah, exactly like Scott said, um, I almost think this raises a, a, another kind of a potential query or process that you should be doing, I feel, in MSPs, and we did it as part of ours, is uh, uh, like an annual, maybe maybe biannual or something like some form of review where every year you go and look at your own tools and go, are we using the best uh, in the industry for what we want to do? We you know, best antivirus, the best RMM, the best even down to your own internal tools, ticketing tools, just find the thing that works best for you. And I know, of course, you can't just go and jump PSA and RMM products every year because it's just not, um, not, you just can't do it. It's too too difficult. But particularly with like the security products, security is so fast changing that it's worth staying on top of those and going, you know, like we've seen recently, like the Sentinel Ones and those kind of next gen antivirus engines actually going, well, let's have a look at them. Let's trial them out. Let's see how they work. Do we now replace that with one of our legacy antivirus, tra traditional antivirus um, vendors and just spending the time? Because I think that's the main thing is you're there to, advise recommend you know you're you're the expert so make sure you're aware of the rest of the market it's kind of why um you know the internal it's uh, if you go and work in one company you just get to know you know you get very kind of i know the company's it systems and nothing else whereas as an msp we see the whole market we see everything else going on all the other products and that's the kind of uh you know expertise and that's the benefit we have as an msp so it's just yeah spending some time assessing what you're using and uh, yeah, to Scott's comment, yeah, don't necessarily just go and jump and go, oh, we were on LastPass, now let's go to a Keeper or 1Password or whoever the next kind of best person is. But actually looking at your tools because in the likes of IT Glue, if anyone's using IT Glue, well, that's got password managers within that. Like, can we use that? Should we use that? Again, making your own assessment, testing out, seeing how it works, and just making sure it's, it works for you as a, as a business. Yeah, and I think those are great approaches if, if, if I'm a current LastPass customer making a transition. But if I'm not a LastPass customer and my clients haven't been on that, what are your guys' recommendations on, do I just say nothing? Or like, what can I do as an MSP to help educate? Because Tony made the good point, putting the client at ease is paramount. Uh, unfortunately, mm. I can't pull that comment in, so. Yeah, but, but check out these guys. Know. They screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what do you guys what are your recommendations if if I'm you know we're using a tool like Keeper already and it's good mm. the customers we know that your customers likely have seen headlines they've likely have seen things on the YouTube's um, what can we do as MSPs to to jump in there and at least add to the conversation or should we No I think I think you definitely should it's it's really important because don't forget that there will be some MSPs who use LastPass, who don't say anything to their clients because they don't want to scare their clients and, and think that there might be a risk of a breach. So if you're the MSP that doesn't use LastPass, it's still great to write to your clients and say, hey, you will have seen this in the news, just so you know, we don't use this tool within our organization. And so as you know, as far as we're concerned, you're not affected by this, we're not affected by this, but we just wanted to put your mind at ease. You know, if you'd like to have any further conversations about the impact that this is having, you know, on a wider basis, feel free to give me a call, but just know this isn't impacting you, how we manage your service in any way. Um, and I think that's a really important statement to make because they they might worry about it. And they then again, this is like we said at the start of this call, it's about getting on the front foot. 
do you want them calling you going, oh my God, there's been a data breach, you know, and you're like, what, what do you mean there's been a data breach? Yeah, yeah, all the passwords have been hacked. Whose passwords? What's going on? Yeah, this LastPass breach. Dude, we don't use LastPass. Oh, or would you rather be on the front foot of that conversation? Just so you know, it's just, it's just like a PSA, right? You're just going to send it out, let them know this, this is where we are. You are cool. We're all good. If you want to chat, I'm right here. And I, I just think that's a nice way to go about it. People would rather get that email than, than have to, you know, panic and call you. Yeah. One thing I'd add on to that, actually, Scott, because that's a, that's a very good point. But also, don't forget that if even if you as the MSP aren't using LastPass, then your end users might be using LastPass in their own personal yeah, yeah. kind of world. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be a yeah. really great opportunity. So again, like, you know, talking about kind of doing your homework, go and look at the market if you can, make your assessment. Uh, again, don't jump to conclusions, but at least go out there and give them some opportunities and op options. You know, if, if you are losing using one, um, sorry, if you are using LastPass, um, in your own kind of personal circumstance or your family, then have a look at considering this, like you can secure your account by doing this, this, and this within LastPass. If you did want to consider, then here is a few other options that we uh, know are very well respected and, you know, liked in the uh, the IT world. So give them some options, at least so they know what they can do. Yeah, that's perfect. No, that's good. And, and I'd also say like, just keep that communication really light don't mm. don't make any judgments in it. Don't be calling names. Don't go oh, those idiots over at LastPass. Don't do any of that because for that exact reason, like you said, Pete, they might be using it in their personal lives. And so when you go oh, those idiots at LastPass, that translates mm. to you're an idiot as a client because you were using this in, on your home machine. Um, just keep it light. This is what's happened. This you know this is whether you know it hasn't affected you. It hasn't affected us. We're all cool. You know, maybe like you say, you might want to check if you're using this personally. It's a great time to, to have a look at that. But yeah, just keep it friendly. Yeah, hmm. I've got a comment over on link, on my LinkedIn feed. It says uh, Danielle. Uh, she said, "What about having the client as part of that discovery with new tools? Are they open to being included in a beta or a point of contact engagement?" So what, what would you guys recommend there? Have, have they, you done that? So the, the process that we did before was um, test internally first. So maybe, uh, you know, with us, it was one of our senior techs. It was kind of their responsibility and roles to go and do the initial kind of foot finding work and finding the kind of the best few to test out. Um, once you then settle on perhaps the last one or two and you're thinking you might be moving to it, then yes, maybe roll it out to the, you know a select group of, your clients or users or whoever you want to, to kind of work with to to do that. I think I think it's yeah, it's very, very worthwhile doing. But just make sure you're not going, okay, we're gonna antivirus, let's test out these five, right? Okay, which five clients are we now gonna employ five different antiviruses to and now gotta manage and maintain and figure it all out. Then we're gonna get collect feedback from all five different clients and all five different AIs just and that's just one product. Then you've got to do all the other products as well. So just as long as you can um, do some some amount of testing and internally yourself before anything else. Then when you whistle it down to the last one or two, then yes, push it out to one or two test clients, get some feedback and get their thoughts on the process as well. The other thing I've um, uh, done previously and, and just more thinking out loud nowadays, because with the kind of replacing products, you know, swapping one product for another, I know some people are going from antivirus that was 50 pence or cents or a dollar per license to now maybe the, I'm not sure what they, what they cost nowadays, but the next gen are like four or five per license. So that's a big cost increase. So it's, again, speaking to your client, keeping that kind of communication open and saying, well, look, hey, this is the product, but it does mean that we're going to have to bump prices up on, hopefully not selling just antivirus by itself, but maybe that might bump prices up elsewhere within your packaging and actually, you know, just run that past them, get their thoughts, 
is that okay with you? Like, what would you think if we were to offer you this service, which included this, you know, products and bundles of kind of services at this price? And just, I always like kind of getting some initial, um, initial reactions from clients. Um, yeah, that, even though I also say, don't let that then guide your decision because clients aren't always right. <laughs> that was yeah. going to be my point. I, yeah. I, I, I love, you know, getting, getting friendly clients involved in that process. If you get yeah. to like the late stage and you're like, you know, we like both of these, we'd love to do some real world testing and I'd, I'd, I'd really appreciate some feedback, feedback. That's, yep. that's what I'm after. I, I don't like, you, you've got to just be really clear with them that you may find some negative experiences about this and you may say it's not the product for you, but it may be the product that we choose because for all of our clients, it might be the best, but it might have the best integrations. So again, set really good expectations. They're not helping you with the decision-making process, but you'd really value some feedback on the experience, the end user experience. I think it's just nice to be really clear again, up front. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's super important because uh, I think, uh, let's see here, Clinton had mentioned it, Clinton from Breeze Logics talked about that Microsoft price increase. So you kind of touched on that, Pete. Uh, just having your pulse on costs and being able to justify any cost increases because um, it's going to happen. Like, we're not done yet. Like, I don't think we're done with cost increases from the tools that we use. Uh, but I think it's, it's super important to have those conversations with your clients and have those relationships. The problem that, that I kind of see is with, with MSPs, if you're not doing regular technology business reviews or just any kind of regular, uh, you know, client communication, the only time they ever hear from you is when stuff hit the fan. I think that's a bad scenario to be in. So for me, if I'm going to, if I'm going to coach a client now, this is an opportunity for you to have a discussion, even if it's, getting on YouTube and recording a couple minute video. Like it's just, it just doesn't have to be this lengthy written email doesn't have to be a lengthy process, but I think just having those regular communications with clients is super important. And I think, you know, this, this kind of highlights it because if, if you have those relationships with your clients already, you're doing those regular reviews um, that makes these conversations much easier that makes a price increase conversation easier. That makes it, Hey, we need to look at a new tool much easier. Uh, cause I think about, you know, the clients that, that we would go in and do, uh, and again, I didn't really classify it as a technology business review or quarterly business review, just because it weirds clients out that this has to be some formal meeting. Uh, so those of you who've listened to the podcast before, you know, my, my thoughts are it, it can be as simple as, hey, we're going to bring in lunch for your staff and we just want to sit and hang out, see how you guys are doing. Like that can be your technology business review because you find things out. You know, it's, it's oh. funny. You find things out that, you know, annoyances your customer may have maybe with you or your help desk or with technology that you may not see in a ticket. And I think those things are super important. Um so if you're regularly doing that, that eases uh, these conversations. You were going to say something, Scott. Yeah. Go ahead. No, absolutely. Um, oh, what was I going to say? No, so I mean, I totally think that the the informal, you know, meeting really helps them just like barriers are down, they're relaxed, they're more comfortable, more things naturally come to them. Whereas when you go like, we're going to do a TBR, um, they then say, oh, okay, what? 
what problems do we have? And then they'll, they'll struggle to think of the challenges. Then they'll be asking people. And whereas when they're just relaxed and you're there with the whole team, someone's mm -hmm. someone who, you know, maybe wouldn't raise something. Do you know, do you know what I've always wanted to ask? Why do we have to do this and then this and then this? It seems you're like, why are you doing that? You should just do this or, or we can flip a switch. Why, why would you do it that way? And they're like, oh, we've been doing that for years. Great. I'm, I'm glad we had this, this chance to just grab a pizza and, you know, have a chat. Um, so I, I really like that kind of, um, you know, way of just dealing with people rather than it being a formal, you know, meeting, because when you do a formal meeting, you feel like, right, I'm going to bring all the service desk statistics and I'm going to bring all the call closure times. And I'm going to bring a copy of the SLA for when you moan that we didn't set up a new user. And I'm going to point out that it's 24 hours and you're going to tell me we didn't do it in two. And I'm going to have a, anyway, that, that's how that conversation is going to go. Um, so no, I just think informal is just, it's so much more friendly um, each way, but it won't work for every client. Some clients are very formal. We know that. But I think for the most part, you know, again, it's just people spending time with people. You're in partnership. It's not a, you know, buy sell relationship. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention was around those 9% price rises for Microsoft in the UK. Um, it's a great opportunity to, to chat to your client now and, and say, hey, look, this is coming. How can we help you avoid this? What, how can we mitigate this? How can we help you reduce the impact on you? for at least the next 12 months. Um, and obviously the, the view there is try and get a renewal in before the 1st of April. Um, some people are going to say, oh my goodness, my renewal isn't due until the 15th of April or May or September or whatever it is. Well, I tell you what, um, I chatted to a distributor today who said, here's the way around that. Um, on the 31st of March, go and take out a new subscription for one license of every type that you need, and they'll be locked in for that price point for the next 12 months. And then just have that one license. And then when your renewal date comes up on the existing subscription, you turn down all those licenses. So you turn off 300 of them at the old price and you turn on 300, the locked in price, which is now locked in until next April. That's one way to go around it. Not every distributor has the ability to put multiple subscriptions of the same license in, but it's an opportunity for you to speak to the client and go, hey, how can we help, you know, protect you against this? And again, you are showing your value of saying a 10% price rise is, is you know, it's, it's pretty significant. Let's yeah. have a conversation and talk about how we can help you mitigate it. Um, and if you can't, okay, let's have a conversation about how we make you make the most out of the licenses that you are buying. So if you're using business premium, could we turn off some other stuff? Could we consolidate some stuff? Are there other things that we can, you know, use in this portfolio that you can stop paying for somewhere else? Again, to help you offset this 10%, you're being a partner, you're not just being a licensed supplier. And I think that's, it's a really great chance to speak to people. It's a horrible conversation, but again, and we've said this before, prices are going up everywhere. Energy prices are going up, gas prices are going up, the, you know, it's, it's everywhere. So it's expected that this will happen. But again, you're there as, as, as their partner. How are we helping? What can we do? How do, how do we work on this together? Yeah. Yeah. Danielle made a comment. She was uh, on LinkedIn. She said on reviews, ask them what they would like. Some of my clients want quarterly and we're contracted for that. Also ask them what they want to do during these reviews and the venue type when they happen, regardless of the recurrence. I've had clients that like to set and forget, but agree to simple touch points during the relationship. So again, like you guys said, some clients that a pizza party may not work. Um, 
But I've made, I, you know, be careful of the assumptions you make about what your clients are willing to do too. Because I kind of thought that with law firms, they're not going to like a pizza party. Like, dude, that was, it was incredible. Like you walk in there and one of my biggest law firm clients, you walk in there with pizzas, man, and everybody's happy. You sit around the conference room table and the stuff that you're able to find out about people, your process, about them. I mean, just everything about it was beneficial because everything changed from, you know, that problem, that one problem user that we all have inside of every client. <laughs> she stopped being a problem user because when we helped her understand a few things, it wasn't an adversarial relationship. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, put that on your to-do list for this year. That is one of them. You, you got to have these regular engagements with your clients so that these difficult conversations that are you're going to continue to have, that's just the nature of business, are going to be much, much easier going forward. But yeah, if, if, if they never hear from you except, hey, prices are going up and hey, this stuff's broke. We need to, you need to spend more money. Um, yeah, those are, that makes these conversations super awkward. Uh, Pete, I, I know you got to go. So uh, any other, we'll kind of wrap this up as we come towards the top of the hour here. Any oh, other go things to okay. <laughs> yes he had a box of things to show us so we got like yeah i was trying to give you 10 minutes to do it so <laughs> that's right no it probably won't even take 10. Super. <laughs> awesome this is kind of a a lesson on good marketing but wrongly delivered or something some some nice way of saying it so i, I get sent stuff a lot and I got this in the post the other day and I was like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Like, it's really well presented, like really well put together. This is the, the package. And it says on the box, noted, everything you need, nothing you don't. So I was like, ah, cool. Okay, there must be some, some pretty cool stuff inside. So I looked at it, I opened it up. I'll give you one sweatband. Okay. I'll give you one. I don't know what it is. Shopping bag? Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. I think it's a I mean, shopping the, bag. These so are mobile phone guys, guys right? The Poco this make is a mobile phone. phone. Poco is a Chinese yeah. mobile phone yeah. company. Yeah. I'll give you one can, which that comes off and it's a thing. And maybe you put your headband yeah. in there. <laughs> And then to, to, what, the to gather up the screen is they've given me, which I haven't opened yet. First of all, it's an XL. I'm the medium. They've given me a shirt that looks like I want to go and work in a Poco or Poco uh, store. <laughs> and I just opened all of these going, that was a massive wasted opportunity as far as like marketing goes they could have made like a really nice impact and it's not the yeah. first time they've they've done this but when you're sending gifts to your customers which i think i'm i'm a big believer that you should be doing try and send stuff that they actually want and would use or consume because i don't see myself using any of this i think all of this <laughs> is probably going to end up in a landfill or the homeless person or something <laughs> Wasted um, opportunity. Like, like magnetic like, I mean, closing and clasps and like nice colors. Like I love my bright colors and the color schemes and stuff. It's all good. 
but just they needed to be and particularly don't say everything you need and nothing you don't on the box <laughs> really like maybe they're doing it on purpose but just i feel that there was yeah a, a big missed opportunity and i i see this quite a lot with um other businesses and and even just like randomly associating this with like you know it tenders when you're tendering for work and things people completely like misread the specs and go in with something and i think there's a lot to be said for like reading the room reading your customer and uh yeah i saw the comment what what should they have sent you to be honest, to be honest just anything that would have been useful like i mean they're a mobile phone company so they know that i review mobile phones so it could have been chargers battery packs cables like someone sent me a a very nicely braided usb was it c to lightning cable i actually use that it's a really simple thing but i genuinely use it and I'm like oh that's really cool and i think in terms of like marketing to your customers and like you know sending gifts to your customers there, there's things like i never really bothered to send christmas cards as a as an as a business because all you're going to do is end up being yet another christmas card in the pile of christmas cards so think about what else you can do outside of those times that can make you stand out like things like if you have um you know make a note in your crm system when the clients joined you when they became a customer now every year on their anniversary you can write them a nice handwritten postcard you know simple things handwritten postcard saying thank you so much i've just realized it's been two years since we met and started working together I've loved working with you. Like, or you always give us a shout if you need anything. Let's grab lunch sometime. Like, something simple like that can work really, really well. And then you can bolster it with, well, let's send a, a bucket of sweets every year. So, you know, it's not just the person we're speaking to, but it's all their staff as well. Just things like that that are generally consumed or, you know, more widely accepted. You know, when you go to trade shows, everyone gets pens and notebooks and those kind of things because they are kind of used. And most people probably take the mic a bit too much and just fill a bag up with, I used to do that, fill a bag up with tons of stuff and actually not use half of it. Yeah. But just, yeah, just some form of thought. It, it feels to me there was zero thought that gone into that. It was just a very big bulk. Let's just find the cheapest stuff we can produce, chuck it into a box, which looks like they spent some time on the box. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, the rest of it just really put me off, I think. So um, that was just my, uh, my my funny closing statement there in terms of marketing, how to get marketing right and how to get it wrong. Yeah, Daniel said a Yeti mug would have been better. A, uh, and a, a shirt, then yeah. <laughs> you know where to go. <laughs> I was kind of thinking the sweatband thing. It's the beginning of the year. Everybody's doing their fitness goals, you know, at least till February 1st. So I kind of thought that's where they were going with that, with the sweatband. But yeah, you lost me after that. So perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> maybe, it's a, maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Yeah. I think for me, it's just that it's 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 nowhere near what their product is. Like when you open the box, I was like, so nice. the thing that they're missing is like a phone and like. A well, <laughs> okay, so a week before, oh, I can't show it to you. Sorry, a week before they did send me a phone. Um, so okay. I, I have okay. been, I have had a phone, but okay. So this isn't the first time they've done it. They sent me a neon sign, like a, a proper neon sign that said Poco, and again, like it was like this big. You can't yeah. see because it it's out of frame, but it was like it was quite big. And so now I've got a, what do I do with that? And you, you can't, uh, sorry, it was this big. It was this big, <laughs> sir. Um, and you got to go and, again, throw it in the, the dump somehow or dispose of it somehow. And they sent me a, in the height of summer, they sent me a USB fan, <laughs> which probably cost them like a dollar or a pound or something. 
Ah, uh, yes, yes. It's wrong, wrong products, wrong selection. Very bad. Um, good, good. The thoughts there, but bad selection. Yeah. It it almost seems though like that box that they sent you was like their new team starter pack. So you get a T-shirt, <laughs> yes. you get a water bottle, yeah. <laughs> or you get a sweatband, and you're like, yeah, this is what we sent to all our new starters. Like, I don't work. There was for you there was guys. no nice chilies bottle there, Scott. Nothing quite like yours at all. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Daniel said pre-COVID she'd send anniversary cakes to her clients with a personal inscription on the top and icing. I like that. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, and then you could, you could support local bakers. I used to do that too. I went to a local baker who would put our logo on top of cupcakes. That was our that's when we did onboard a new customer. We were there for the first day. That's what we had. Um, so yeah, spread the love. Awesome. So, yeah, appreciate all the that showed up today. Uh, Robert Gibbons, Westway IT, Pocket Video Schools, Sam Jones, uh, Danielle Okuna. Uh, let's see here. Who else was on here? Mark Barton, uh, Tony Edwards, uh, Clinton Castellar. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. So I'm going to have to put another bug up LinkedIn's butt about getting comments working, yeah. man. This is frustrating. So, um so if, if you're watching this and you know anybody, I've tried a couple times to run my connections up the flagpole to get some, some, uh, some joy with the LinkedIn comments. Ecamm Live needs access. They basically they're waiting on the instructions to be able to use the API for comments. So they're approved to use comments, but LinkedIn hasn't sent them the instructions on how to implement it. So. Another bad use case for tech support. So anyway, so I'm going to keep hammering that. So uh, if I'm going to put that up on LinkedIn too, please vote on it. If you're Ecamm fam, uh, we're trying to raise our voice to LinkedIn because I want this to work. Uh, yeah. Not this half work, half not work crap. So anyway, I digress. I can go into a full rant on, uh, <laughs> on Microsoft. Anyway, so thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you have a topic that you would like us to cover in a future episode, please drop that in the comments. Reach out to us on all of the socials. Look for Pete's uh, new unboxing video of Paco. Is it Poco or Paco? I've, I've never, ever oh, heard of it. They don't sell that here <laughs> in the States. Uh, so, yeah, when you posted that the other day, uh, I think they're your first phone video of them, I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, I never heard of that phone brand. So anyway, if not, if we don't see you online, we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Uh, good hanging out with you guys today. And we'll see everybody next week.